All right, everybody, welcome to our little podcast. Um, I'm Callie, and we have and with I'm us... I'm Jack. And I'm Carter. <laughs> and uh, on this podcast, we go through, we're watching all the Marvel movies in order, and today we're talking about Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, my least favorite of all of the Marvel movies. That's just my opinion. What do you guys think about this movie? So I've always thought that. I actually was re-watching it, and... I did not think it was that bad. I totally take back my opinion on being the worst Marvel movie. I is mean, it my favorite? No. It's good. Mm-hmm. Like, there's parts of it that I really enjoy. Like, when the scrolls are changing, like, I think that's super cool effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the scrolls are just a cool villain. Like, yeah. they have a cool ability. Wait, um, have you seen this before? Yeah. I've seen it once before, and I kind of paid attention. Okay. okay so and then I watched we'll it again stop. and got almost. I'm like, wait. <laughs> we'll explain later why we're at. <laughs> but no, I really liked it. I remember watching it over the weekend, and I was like, oh, it's just it's such a hype movie. I kind of like it a lot. Mm. You see, I saw it the first time. Here's my real reason why I didn't like it. I don't think I went in not liking Captain Marvel, um, mainly because everyone was telling me, oh, this is Captain America's replacement. And I was already just, um, and we've seen the last episode. We all know Captain America is my favorite. And so they're like, oh, this is Captain America's well, replacement. He's not. Falcon is. Exactly. I mean, Falcon's worse, to be honest, than even Captain Marvel. But You didn't like the Falcon and Winter Soldier? I didn't see it. Oh. But I just think, like, why? Just stay the Falcon. You're not Captain America. Oh, you know what I, mean? I see what you mean. Okay. I get that. I <laughs> yeah. get that. Kind of just end the Captain America where it was. Yeah. He's, but. he's gone. Be the Falcon. I respect you know what that. I, mean? I respect that. Mm-hmm. And so I went in already having like, ah, no one's going to take Captain America's spot. And everyone was saying it was bad. And I kind of went in and I was like, ah, it was all right. But after I rewatched it, I actually liked it. I thought it was good. Okay. Yeah. That's one of my like worst. I don't like when people like diss movies when like they barely have seen them. I don't know. I just, I go in liking all movies. My dad thinks I'm crazy sometimes, <laughs> but I love all movies. It's really bad. Um, I really liked this one. And the first time I saw it too. Like we made shirts that said Captain Marvel on it. And it was a fun little time. It was really fun. Captain Marvel is an interesting character because Captain Marvel isn't always a woman. Captain Marvel, like, and not, not that there's like, like there's lots of Kree, but like, so, so I'm not saying like there was like a version of Captain Marvel that was a man, like the same person sometimes is a woman and sometimes is a man. Oh, I see what you mean. Like based off like past comics. Yeah. Okay. It's not a different, mm-hmm. it's not like a different Green Lantern. It's the same person is sometimes a man, sometimes a woman. I get what you mean. I mean, they chose a woman, which is fine. Like that's a good choice, but and but that's just interesting about the character. Exactly. Now that's true. I've never thought of that or knew that fact, but of course they picked Brie Larson. Now there's some people that like Brie Larson, some people that dislike Brie Larson. Us community fans we stand behind Brie Larson. I like Brie Larson. <laughs> I haven't gotten to that episode. Yet. I don't know. <laughs> but I saw that she was in it. I went through the cast list. Yeah, and I was she, like, ooh, I'm excited. I feel like she wasn't, and maybe you disagree with me, but I feel like her jokes didn't land that well in this movie. It, maybe I was in the wrong mood or something, but I just didn't find them as funny as some of the other Marvel movies. It's a very different humor than it's the, a very, like yeah. the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. So why do you guys love the movie? Because I haven't seen it enough times. I've only seen it like two times, both not really paying that much attention. But um, anyway, so if what, we're talking love the movie. <laughs> we'll start with Callie. <laughs> well, 
I don't know. I really liked it was it's Marvel's first like female led superhero. So I really liked that, obviously. And like bringing back Nick Fury and Phil Coulson. That was like one of my favorite things ever because yeah, I watched no, Agents cool. of S.H.I.E.L.D. and like seeing them come back. It was really fun. And there was just, I don't know, other good parts. I don't know. I can't think of anything currently off the top of my head. But I did love bringing back Phil. I mean, Nick Fury's always been in here, so it wasn't anything like reminiscent about Nick Fury. But having Phil back into the MCU in the movie-wise, I miss him. He was one of the best parts of the first phase one, mm -hmm. right, of those Avengers. And when he died, I was very sad. Now, I have not seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. When we get to that, we'll get to that. But... I know he's alive in there. I think he faked his death again in there. I have no idea. I've heard multiple things from that. Yeah. But I do love Phil. Phil Coulson's a great one. Mm -hmm. And the blockbuster. I thought that was funny that they made her land in a blockbuster yeah, and, then, and then, uh, then go to Radio Shack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I do like that trope of like the hero thinking everyone's in the know and then they're not. Yeah. And so the person's like freaking out because they're seeing something like incredible and amazing. That's true. Like her talking about... Um, I don't know what what did she do she well she fell into the blockbuster he saw that yep and then she was talking about how like she was part of the star force or whatever <laughs> talking to the security guard and nick fury <laughs> yeah are you the part of security for this rail he's like kind of the theater has its own guy <laughs> yeah no, they were <laughs> see that that was a good joke. that was a good one i like that one and she's just like okay you see when she landed in um the blockbuster i don't know if they did this i kind of want to look this up I felt like it was not a copy. I think it was kind of like paying homage to Toy Story. Like when Buzz Lightyear got out of his box, it was very, it was like walking around, it was like Star Command, Star Command, do copy. And he's like surveying his wrist and like has the little thing up trying to look for people. Yeah. And then he runs into Woody, which I feel like is kind of Nick Fury. Now, I don't think that was done exactly on purpose, but I got a lot of Toy Story vibes from when, you know, Carol Danvers landed in Blockbuster and when yeah. Buzz was introduced into the first Toy Story movie. Which Speaking of Toy Story, you know that movie that's it's coming out, I think, soon, Lightyear? Yeah. June. Yes. Trailer just came that's out. That's going to be it. very interesting. And this goes with the Marvel podcast because the voice is Chris Evans. Is it? For Buzz Lightyear, which is our own Captain America. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Um, Man, they've made a lot of Toy Story content at this point. Pixar has. They got four movies. Remember that? Do you remember that show, um, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command? Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> of course I remember that. Dude, no, that <laughs> the original Marvel universe was the Toy Story universe. I think Disney wants everyone to forget <laughs> that ever existed. Even Probably. Even though it was good. I liked it. No, it was good, but I, I think it would mess up the movie Lightyear. Oh, that's like true. It would screw I up the canon. Anyway. That, that'll be an interesting movie when that comes out. Have, is mm -hmm. it is it like, it has nothing to do with the toy? The toy is the after toy, a person, right? They yeah. made the toy because so, of a real life person and the movie's yeah. about the real life person? Exactly. That's kind of cool. From it. Yeah, I think it's smart. I think it's smart of them to stay away from, at, at least at this point in time, to stay away from Toy Story. You know, that they main storyline. And then kind of go into those side stories that they do. Um Let's talk about Toy Story a bit. What do you, how do you feel about Toy Story 4? Because I love Toy Story 4, but a lot of people like 
think that both Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4 are unnecessary. That's wrong, because both of them are amazing. I, I think actually haven't seen Toy Story 4. Really? So it came out when I was on my mission. It was really funny. You need to watch it because it's fantastic. I'm a childhood Toy Story fan. There's no greater Same. Pixar movie in my life. There's no greater Disney movie in my life than Toy Story. I mean, Toy Story and Toy Story 2 came out perfect for us. Oh, yeah. Like our 100%. age group. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it came out when we were like two. The amount of times I watched Toy Story 2 is an insane amount of times, even yes, to this day. No, because we that's exactly <laughs> it. I didn't have Toy Story 1, but Toy Story 2 I had on VHS. Uh-huh. And that was one of the ones I watched like all the time. I remember the first time I went to the airport, all I could think of was Toy Story 2. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like 16, and I was flying for the first time, and all I could think of was Toy Story 2. Yeah, Toy Story 2 is one of those movies that if I watch today, I like know every beat like yeah. that's going to happen. I know every <laughs> single scene change. I know every single... In flu- like the way they use their voice, like I know everything about that movie, and then Toy Story three is good. People, the reason people don't like Toy Story four is because they think that three gave them a good ending. I did think three gave them a good ending, but I don't think it actually did. I think four gave a better one. Agreed. You see, I so here's my thought. When I first watched three, I remember I was ten in the movie theaters, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And, Were we 10 um, when 3 came out? I think I was near 10. I don't uh, know. If, <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago. You feel so much older. Like when you're 10, <laughs> you think you're like the coolest kid. Like you're so old. Yeah, and- <laughs> I used to tell people, I'm like, you know, I feel like 10 is the perfect age. You're not too young. You're not too old. Yeah, and then I realized young. You're, you're young. So you're young. a child. <laughs> but it was really good. I, I enjoyed Toy Story 4. I think now this actually goes with, um, going to I guess relate this back to in some sort of way into Marvel universe. Cool. 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 Um, but I think Toy Story is the perfect example for all movies on how you should do sequels. I think Toy Story two, there's not very many perfect sequels out there. Toy Story two is a perfect sequel. Mm-hmm. It's not a perfect movie, but it's a perfect sequel. Yeah. And I think the other two, I'm, I'm here to argue the fact that I think the other two were just as, Okay, not just as good, because Toy Story 2 was amazing. But I think the other two were good as well. And I think <clears throat> Toy Story has the formula on how you do a sequel. Yeah. And I think Marvel, in a lot of their trilogies, did... Or, you know, all their movies, because technically all their movies are kind of sequels. Um, is able to kind of master that code as well. On being yeah. able to make sequels. And, I guess, Captain Marvel prequels as well. Yeah, I want to explain what a perfect sequel is because I brought it up. A perfect sequel is a movie that um, expands on the original uh, lesson or moral of the first movie mm-hmm. and and takes it to a place farther than what the first one did. It has to be obviously compelling in its own right. And then it has to introduce characters that later in the franchise you forget didn't exist in the first Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So like Jesse and Jesse and, and Bullseye B- Bus yeah. and Bullseye. You forget they were not in one. Yeah. Like when you want like they just so seamlessly join the, the cast and are important characters. It's so Another true. Another perfect sequel in film would be uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yes. And that's why this is my that's my favorite of the Star Wars movies. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but mm-hmm. um I like them just because I like filmmaking. Agreed. And like Yoda did not exist in the first one, but no one remembers that. <laughs> Everyone thinks Yoda's been around forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's facts. <laughs> like, in and 
Yeah, it brings in, you have to bring in a character that feels like they've been there from the beginning. That's how you make a perfect sequel. That's true. And I love what you gave them with that fact. Shrek 2? Shrek 2 is another perfect <laughs> example of this Prince analogy. Charming is not in the first one. <laughs> Puss, Puss in Boots, Boots is, yeah, not, in is not in the first one. I remember I was watching the first one again, and I love the first one. And I'm like, man, there's a lot of characters that I forgot are not in this first movie. Yeah, but because they they're so, so important good. characters. Shrek but, 2 is better than Shrek, I think. Oh, yeah, opinion. no, I agree. I agree. Um, but with the Toy Story thing, especially because it's very easy, I think, to kind of talk about, like, what the central theme is that, is because some sequels, here's what they do. They either make the movie almost the exact same or they go so far off on what the original movie was about. But Toy Story, I think the song You've Got a Friend in Me is perfect because I think in the central message of all the movies, You've Got a Friend in Me is like something that all the movies' soul is rested on is You've Got a Friend in Me. You know, it's talking about friendship love. But like you were saying, it has that same message, but at the same time, it's a different story and it goes, you know, different places. You get different characters and it's perfectly that balance between originality and going off what the first one was about. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. And I like all those other examples. Shrek 2 is another one. That's just (laughs) amazing. But Captain Marvel is also... Shrek Shrek 3. (laughs) Shrek 3 blew it up, though. They ruined it. They did. They did. Toy Story 3 managed to keep it good. But okay. So how do you feel about the way they structured Captain Marvel? Because... Mm -hmm. This is a reason that I, uh, one of the reasons why it's not my favorite is because she starts out like, it's like a confusing movie at the beginning. Like, it's not like she doesn't start out as a person who lives on earth, who is a soldier, who's a pilot, who then gets in the accident and then becomes a hero. It's like, she already is the hero. And then there's like all these confusing flashbacks with the scrolls are like doing, which which is interesting in its own way. Mm-hmm. So how, what, how do you feel about that? Because that part, I don't, it's not my favorite way to do a story, but. Yeah, I agree. I remember watching it for the first time being very confused, but I think it kind of works with the character too, because she doesn't remember anything. And so we're kind of going in blind. Um, yeah. And just seeing everything kind of from her perspective, her remembering everything. And I think that with her reunion with Maria, I don't think you've gotten to that part yet, but um like it just makes it that much more sweeter. I think, I don't know. Mm. I do like that. I do understand both sides. I think they could have done a little bit of a better job just because when you start off the movie and even to the point where I was almost like halfway through the movie and it's a lot more complicated because you're not starting off with something familiar and then gaining information if that makes sense. Yeah. You're starting with something very peculiar. Yeah, because we've never seen the scrolls before. We've never heard of the Kree before. And I wish... Or we probably have, but like not in a... We, ha- the, we have heard of them. In, in Ronan a, the Accuser, he's yeah, in he's Guardians. A, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true. Like, so we have heard of the Kree, so we knew that they were bad. And so... The Kree, the Kree are bad? The scroll are bad? The Kree, the blue people. Technically, right? No, the... Um, well, she is a Kree, or at least she's fighting with the Kree. She's fighting with the Kree. The Kree are the bad ones. Right. The scroll. No, the scroll are the ones that are the shapeshifters. The shapeshifters are the good ones. That's a twist at the end of the movie. See, I... Yeah. <laughs> so at the beginning, when you're talking about being the villains, I was like, 
That okay. I was like, he hasn't made it that far in the movie quite right. yet. Or don't remember it because it was the first yeah, time. Yeah, no, I, I don't remember it the first time. Um, but when we say it's the worst Marvel people say it's the worst Marvel movie in the world, I think sometimes we forget the Incredible Hulk was made. And Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's now, coming up. We, that is coming up, and it's fun just for the action and just boom, boom, boom. But at the same time, let's you know, be real. That's you, like, you have to give them a little bit. They didn't know where they were going. Like, yeah, they was right true. after Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. They just were making a movie. Of, like, who? Mm-hmm. I think that's the one Marvel movie I haven't seen, actually. Is The Incredible Hulk? Yeah. I saw it mm. one time. It's, I, I and you don't need, it. you literally do you not need to see it. I've never gotten And it's it. a different actor too. Like it's not Mark Ruffalo. So, yeah. they so got a, the only thing, reoccurring thing from The Incredible Hulk is the Secretary of State. Ross? Yeah. Yes. That makes them sign the uh, Accords. Soviet Accords. He is the general in the yeah. Incredible Hulk that tries to take down. The Abomination was in Shang-Chi. That too, yeah. And the Abomination, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he hasn't done anything yet. Maybe he'll come back, or maybe that was just a weird Easter egg. He's right. in a fighting ring in China for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I know that part. I was like, huh? I don't know why that's there, but <laughs> well, could, I thought he died. <laughs> you know, speaking of Shang Chi, that was one of my favorite newly introduced heroes since. <laughs> since did you not like it? I loved that movie. Okay, no, good. I was saying that was one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time because it's hard to introduce a new character. Like, uh, since we've be- gotten Captain America. Um, Iron Man and Thor. It's hard. It's been hard for each character. I think, I mean, obviously Spider-Man did it successfully, but he, he had a little bit of help. Yeah. Um, Dr. Strange. I like Dr. Strange. I I think Dr. Strange did it successfully. Ant-Man. Ant-Man did good. Mm, Captain Marvel. Actually, no, they all did it good except Captain Marvel. (laughs) And I think the only reason why was just because like we were saying in the beginning, you start off with a lot of information you don't know. Mm -hmm. And that confuses a lot of people. I wish, I wish a little bit, um, that there was some more talk about these, you know, creeds and scrolls before the movie came out. If that makes sense. Yeah, and like they were yeah. able to talk. talk about them. Yeah, exactly. In Guardians, mention them a little more. Talk about kind of like get a little more background about what these people are, because kind of when you hop in, you're it's confusing. There's a lot of information right there. Yeah. Now by the end of the movie, and I think that's why I liked it more now is once I saw it again. I was able to be like, oh, I know, yeah, I know what's going on. I'm like, sure I see. What's I forgot happening. the first time I watched it, and then when I watched it like today, yeah, it was just like watching it new again. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, I it's a little confusing. Like, why does she? Like, I have no idea why she can blast this stuff out of her hands. Like, she <laughs> said what it was. Yeah, well, she said the scrolls can't do that, but uh, so neither can the Kree. Kree. The, the reason why. Well, we'll talk about that near, Neither the, end. Can the, near the end of the podcast. We'll talk about why, because that's actually very interesting stuff that I think goes with the rest of the Marvel movies. Very importantly, something that Captain Marvel says in Endgame that annoys me. She's like, like how she's not showing up to help them get the stones. And her reasoning is there's planets all over the universe that are just like Earth and I have to be helping them, which seems noble, right? Yeah. But you know what would have helped all of those planets? If you would have gotten the stones back and did the snap again, why was she not there to help them? Yeah. That would have helped all the planets in the universe. You see, when I saw Captain Marvel and saw Endgame, I did think Captain Marvel was going to have a lot bigger role. She had no role. All she was was to be arrogant, thinking that she was better than all the heroes. She's like, you didn't defeat Thanos because I wasn't with you. And like, she was going to go do it by herself. It's like, 
That's why I don't like Captain Marvel is because of her endgame appearance. Yeah. That's true. And I agree with that. I think how they used her in Endgame was just so odd because they hype her up to be like they made it look so cool. Mm -hmm. Like when uh, Thor did the Stormbreaker thing and like she didn't move and he's like, I like this one. I thought she was going to be super cool in Endgame. She like that was her only role of the movie. That was actually like in essence her only role. But the reason why they didn't let her is because of Iron Man. Now, actually, something that I loved from this um, is you go and you get to see the world for a minute after Captain America, right? Captain America's frozen at this point. Before Iron Man, your first like ex, their first extraterrestrial like experiences. Yeah, people didn't know about heroes at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. which they do in all the other Marvel films. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that first off, in that movie, the only thing that saves really Earth, the Earth we live on, is Captain Marvel because she's so powerful, uh-huh. right? But it goes to the fact to show how amazing those six Avengers were. Like, you know, because then I start thinking about Avengers and Endgame and everything like that and about how really all the other worlds knew about each other. But we were literally like the lowest behind. And Mm -hmm. just like kind of thinking about like all that Iron Man accomplished, all that Tony Stark did to, I guess, progress you know, the earth that they were living on in the world. Like he was literally their best defender, like Captain America says. Mm -hmm. But like the team he set up, the fact that, you know, in the first Avengers, they were able even to stop alien. Like, you know what I mean? It shows like how amazing in my mind um, Iron Man was and crucial he was to everything Mm -hmm. in the rest of the films, which is why I'm really excited to get into Iron Man 1. The creation of everything. We got a week. Yeah. (laughs) Man, we can talk about this when we get to Iron Man, but the VFX in that movie for the time were amazing. For 2008, when the suit is being, when he has that robot putting the suit on it, we can talk about this later, but this is, <laughs> it's, I have so much to talk about that. I that still watch it now, and I'm like, those are good. Scenes. I know. Those are good. That's CGI. what I'm saying. Yeah. You look at the Incredible Hulk, which was a year later, it's way worse. That's true. I mean, they probably didn't have as much of a budget. Yeah. Which, I don't know how. Like, after Iron Man, you'd think they'd be willing to put down some money, but. But Captain Marvel, how they did the face generation making Nick Fury and um, Phil younger, I thought was not bad. It wasn't For it bad. being the whole movie and what yeah. they had to do, it was not terrible. I was pleased mm-hmm. with the CGI in the movie. Yeah. It was cool to see Nick Fury without an eye patch. He That's hurt true. his eye in this movie. Is that why he wears an eye patch? Yep. Yep. They didn't make it look like he was hurt enough. To like I don't know because he was like fine for the movie before like, he got the eye patch. He's on. Like oh I'm fine I'm fine. Like after he gets scratched, he's like I'm okay it's fine. Yeah. And then you see him with the thing. Although it it doesn't contradict something, but Nick Fury made it sound like he had something like really bad happened to him. Yeah, well, he's he, like, says, he says he's like what did he say? Like this happened to me the last time I trusted somebody. Yes, yeah, and then he like right. he says it when he's like petting the cat. He's like yeah I. This is, I trust you or something. The last I time I trusted it. my partner that I should be able to trust that happened to be an alien. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, he was talking about a cat. The, the, cat, uh, the cat betrayed him. That was his partner. I'm like, this uh, is... He did do a thing a total, about loving a cat a lot. Or like, which is a total Nick Fury thing. <laughs> I yeah. think. Like, refusing to tell people how you got the scar and making it sound like you went through some like horrible incident. And, and in fact, just it's cat. just a cat scratch your eye. I thought that was a very worthy Nick Fury like excuse 
yeah, yeah. just seems like him. Which was good. Also, we get to find out Nick Fury is a cat person. Like what, what that cat that was named Goose. Remember that? Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the cat that scratched his eye out. That is Goose. in this movie. Yeah. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting is this is you know while we're talking about Nick Fury was Nick Fury's whole background. Um, they explained just a little bit of it, but. I wish they would kind of go into more detail. I think Nick Fury is such an interesting character. Mm-hmm. He's such a beast. Like literally that guy <laughs> has gone through like the fact that he's still around in the MCU running things. Yeah. You see, no way home. Yeah. He's why do people like, listen to him? <laughs> <laughs> Especially after they found out that shield was Hydra. Yeah. Cause didn't he fake <laughs> his death in winter soldier, but he's still like running things behind the scene and far from home. And there is a new series coming out called secret invasion that he's supposed to be a part of. And it's weird. He's yeah. still there. Well, it's lucky that Samuel Jackson likes playing the character because I don't know what Marvel would do if they didn't have Nick Fury. Right. Like the moment Nick Fury leaves, I'm going to be confused about honestly, like who's setting it up? Because he's like, he's the, he's not the, the captain. Thread that, like, keeps, he's the thread that yeah. keeps it all together. He's also the coach. The Tesseract, but I won't talk about that later. Oh, yes. That has a lot to do with this. Um, but, you know, he was, and I felt like he, what I really like about how they were kind of explaining his career paths is I felt like he would go super high in one field and then kind of switch a little bit and go super low. And then at the same time end up running that and then go super low. Cause at this point he's just an agent for shield. Right. Yeah. Um, but he was saying he was like a commander in the army and then became a spy and then did some things there and then became shield and then became just like a low agent. And then at some point, you know, he's running shield. Right. Which shows how get it he is. I mean, I love the fact in No Way Home. Of course, it's the Krill, actually, right? It's the Krill that are playing Nick Fury in No Way Home. It's not actually Nick Fury, which right. I was thinking that. I'm like, Nick Fury's acting weird in this. Yeah. I was like, this isn't his usual. I don't remember usual... Nick Fury in No Way Home, I'm going to be honest. Oh, Far No Way from home. home. I'm sorry. Far oh. From Home. Thank <laughs> you. For, for our audience out there, the past five like, minutes, what? we've been talking about <laughs> Far From Home. Hopefully you understood what I meant. Um, but I was watching that movie and I'm like, this is not Nick Fury. Like Nick Fury, he looks way too confused in this movie. He doesn't know what's going on. Nick Fury always knows what's going on. Right. And I go, I'm like, this is weird. And then they switched and I was like, Oh, that's funny. But I also like how they did that, making it where you could tell it wasn't quite Nick Fury Mm -hmm. in that movie. It was kind of like Mad-Eye Moody in the Harry Potters. <laughs> yeah. And that just shows how co- good that Samuel Jackson is at acting. Like his range, he can like make it seem that he wasn't very... Yeah, Did just you, a subtle difference. The mm-hmm. problem with... Well, it was better than Mad-Eye Moody because that was the first time, time you saw Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah, exactly. You didn't know the way he actually was because you only saw him as his fake self first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the differences they had to make were like pretty abrupt, like his little... Like his lip, his lip thing that he yeah. did, and like they had to make it super evident sometimes that like something's weird here. But for Samuel Jackson and Nick Fury and uh, Far From Home, it was so subtle. It was so small. Yeah, I, I never saw Far From Home. That's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. When we get there, we'll talk about it. You will. <laughs> it's not on uh, Disney Plus. That's why I've never seen. Oh, it. that is an issue. Yeah, I have it. No, <laughs> you have it. That's fine. Yep. So, uh, what was your next note? Tesseract. The Tesseract. About the Tesseract. I, had, I have things. Okay. Say. You can say your things, but I just want to... What are the chances... So the, the uh, Infinity Stones are powers that are like the most powerful things in the universe. 
How, why are there so many of them on earth? The space stone is on earth. The chaos stone is on earth. The time stone is on earth. Um, and then the ones that aren't on earth are the soul stone and the power stone. Hmm. Oh, two of the, or three of the five. Oh, wait, no. Wait, wait, six, wait, wait, right? wait. There's six. Which one am I missing? Are they all on earth? Yeah. Well, the soul isn't. The soul is not. The soul is not. Power isn't because that's in Guardians. Yep. Yeah. The Tesseract was on Earth. The Tesseract is on Earth. The Scepter. <laughs> the Scepter. The Scepter wasn't in the Avengers, right. but like it was brought by Loki. I forgot. Yeah. The Scepter so had a. At time this point in time, uh, it's not on Earth. Uh, uh, or um, Doctor now, Strange the, had the Time Stone. Exactly. The Time yeah. Stone was on Earth mm -hmm. with the Tesseract. Although, apparently, I think this lady brought the Tesseract to Earth. So it wasn't originally on Earth. Yeah, but so many of them, well, all of them were and, on Earth. Yeah. But, um, for long periods of time, and these the stones were on which, Earth. Was it the, is it called the Chaos Stone, the or red reality. one? Reality. Oh, the reality. Yes. Uh, is there a Chaos Stone? That was with There's the Collector. Magic. The reality stone was with the Collector. But not at the beginning of Thor Dark World. It was on Earth, I think. No, it was on, it was on that the, dark, the Dark World. Yeah, the Dark World. I don't remember what it's it, called. How do you forget that movie, Thor Dark World? Yeah, we'll have to talk about that because I can't remember well, how Jane. Yeah, that, that's the whole Well, because there was that portal thing. Yeah, and so she. When we get to that. When we get <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember how that happened, but. But no, like the Tesseract. I had, there's uh, so many movies, I forget. <laughs> yeah. It's true. There's so much. I had like a couple problems with the Tesseract, though, because like they would touch the Tesseract and they didn't get like melted or burnt like Red Skull did. Or sent to. Was that because Red Skull already got sent? That's, Here's my I mean, theory. Here's my theory with the why the blue stone it did to get melted. Now it even melted through the spaceship, right? Right. Everything it touched for a small period of time was melting. But I think it was because the power generator that was in overrupted. And it was especially glowing at that point. Like it was like and then he grabbed it. And then he melted. I think so, like it was more activated at that point. Oh, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, what the 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 cube that's around the space stone is containing it in some way. Yeah. So it's like when it's being activated, it's like the cube isn't doing its job. Exactly. And so when he touched it at that point, he's just touching the space stone. Because mm -hmm. when you touch the tesseract, the you're like touching that cube. Exactly. And so I that's think. probably why I didn't go through the lunchbox either, because I was yep. like, they're putting it in the lunchbox, but it totally went through a spaceship like last movie. So exactly. And I think it's because it was like getting activated, like it was like powering in yeah, that moment. And so nothing was sense. holding it because I mean, the whole thing was getting damaged. There was the fight and then it finally hit the machine and it was like, you know, sparks flying and it like and then he touches it and it does him and then it goes through the ship. Right. And I think that's why. OK. Mm. And then the other thing was like timeline wise. Technically, at the end of First Avenger, Howard picks up the Tesseract, so then it's with S.H.I.E.L.D., but then how did she get it? Was the program that she was a part of, was that part of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I can't remember. I don't think it was part of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was a part of the government. Right. Pegasus. But, uh... I Like, how did she get it? How did how did it get up there <laughs> when it was on Earth? I don't know. I thought, I thought it was a kind of a bit of a pothole. And what was the anyway. organization in WandaVision? Was it S.W.O.R.D. or something? Yeah. How many organizations are there at this point? We what? have Shield, Hydra, which is which is Shield, at some point. Um, yeah, whatever the heck Sword is. Pegasus is now a thing. Avengers. What are all these like? <laughs> what are all these like uh, government organizations, <laughs> and how do they connect to each other? I don't know. That's a good question. I kind of want to look that up. Actually, I mean, of course we know Shield. Mm -hmm. 
what they do. Um, but exactly what Pegasus does and what Sword does. and Well, because Sword was a thing that Maria, I think, started. She started. Well, it was started because Shield was the thing. And then people, well, there were people that were part of Shield that weren't part of Hydra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when Hydra took over, when like they, they, when they, revealed that they had been running shield all this time. I, the people that weren't in agreement with Hydra, I think formed sword. Mm, that's right. And these are all new stuff. I feel like the, this will be more clarified in the, that's what, true. What mm-hmm. movement are we in at this point? Four in phase four, no in phase five. four. Like currently. Yeah. We're in four. No. Cause four ended with end game. And Actually, what, from home. what movement far from? Yeah, I know yeah. you're right. Far from home. I keep calling it movement. We're on phase, phase five. Yeah, that's weird. What are all the phases? Uh, the Avengers are what really divides the phases. So the first phase mm-hmm. ends it for the first Avenger. The second phase ends near the second but Avenger. But what, what counts? Does does Captain Marvel count for the for phase one? No, she's actually included into phase four. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. No, hers is phase three. Oh, wait, we are in phase four. I think we're in phase four. I think end game. I think end game ended phase three. It did end phase three because because the Infinity War did not end phase. phase. Right, Infinity War was was still part of phase three. Because for the the longest time, end game was going to be like part. The second phase was like Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, Ant Man, um, and then phase three was like Thanos stuff. Yeah, and now we're in phase four after Captain and uh, Iron Man are gone. Yep. Okay, that's right. So this movie would be in phase three is when it was released. Thanos, they knew that Thanos would be the big bad from the beginning. And why did they pick Thanos out of all the big bad villains they could have picked? I think it's the most original. You think? Between all the different big bad villains that have been created, I think Thanos is the most, not the most unique, but I think at this point it was a really unique choice. Thanos is an interesting villain because he... Has does it do it because he wants to be powerful? Exactly. It's like an interesting thing. Like he, when he succeeded, he went to go chill on a farm. Mm-hmm. Like he was in Thanos's he, mind, he was being a good guy mm-hmm. that just had to make a hard choice, and no one, everyone else was refusing to make it. Exactly, is his mind. It's it like he's even sad. Like he wasn't happy to throw Gamora off of the thing. Yeah. But he can't, well, you were, you were disagreeing with me. With your no, I just, <laughs> I just hate that scene. It's fine. Oh yeah. yeah okay. He, he wasn't like, he just did what he had to do and mm-hmm. not to whatever. Um, he's an interesting character. They made him way better than the comic version. Do you know anything about the comic version? Very little, but I know, nothing. I don't know that much about the comics, but my sister, uh, bought a book one time that talks about the Avengers and the comics. Mm hmm. And like their whole timeline, yeah. And and I read that book, so oh, I cool. so that's how I know about the comic book stuff. Mm-hmm. So Thanos is Thanos is kind of he's not even that much, that much of a threat in the comic books. Was he doing stuff near this time of Captain Marvel? He not was. in the nineties. I mean, he what what was the first stone Thanos had? No, it would be in the nineties because Gamora was pretty young when she was. Oh, what did he Thanos- started conquering? early what did Thanos steal first he stole the gauntlet from Asgard at some point was that the first thing he stole mm, yes he had to what now, was that gauntlet by the way it, it was made to 
I don't even to know have if the know. stones I don't on think it. There's any backstory yeah. on that. The only backstory is it was made on that star that they visit in Infinity War with the dwarves. Thanos. Yeah. No, it was Thanos, made in the same place as Molnir. Yes. Now, if I'm correct though, Thanos asked them to make it. He didn't steal it. And and oh, the one on they, Asgard, they made it for he. he okay, that, that makes sense. That's fake. Fake. Remember? Yeah. Fake. fake. <laughs> and like pushes it over. Uh, no. uh, in Ragnarok. But so he got one made for him, and then he killed off his that dwarf species or the giant species. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what's funny is they make a, Oh shoot. He's so famous. What's Peter the name Dinklage? of the character? Yeah. Peter Dinklage. A giant, a giant. Yeah. <laughs> I thought awesome. that was really funny. I was like, Oh, that's clever. <laughs> <laughs> we still call him the dwarf. Even though they're I know, huge. They're like, like as big as stars. Cause I'm just yeah. thinking him and I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. I mean giants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. Peter mm-hmm. Dinklage is a, who he's a great actor. There's not that many, the thing about Peter Dinklage is he's a good actor outside of him being a dwarf. Like he plays characters that are dwarf sometimes, but he's also just a good actor. There's mm-hmm. not that many. I I feel like weird saying that there's not that many dwarf people. Is that the correct way to say it? That are as famous as him. I think he's the only one. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. He's an amazing actor, but he also uses, you know, his physical traits to, do even more acting opportunities that nobody else could do. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like he's a very incredible man. I think he's awesome. I love Peter Dinklage. Well, there are, Mm -hmm. there are a few iconic dwarfs that were in movies, but they were like R2D2. Yeah. And like the Ewoks and stuff. Exactly. But they don't get to be themselves. Yeah. He's himself. He has a new movie coming out where he's like this hero, like zero character, but he's, I don't like he's playing, you know, his, straight and like that's part of the movies they're like you know he's so small and then he's like this suave guy that's three feet i think it's awesome what he's yeah <laughs> what he's doing in his movies i've never seen game of thrones i've seen some clips um of like famous peter dinklage moments and he was amazing from what mm. i saw and so i can't remember why when they when he was creating stormbreaker did they not have a handle? He, like, couldn't, he just couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. So they used Groot's arm or whatever. So Groot just did it. Groot's <laughs> a teenager. Groot was like, okay, mm-hmm. you can have my arm. And I think it, I, they were like, he's like, I can't find the handle. Like he just lost the handle. Like it wasn't anything special. <laughs> he literally lost the handle and Groot's like, I can do this. Um, but what they were saying is, it's interesting is he was able to like lift up the metals. So what does that say about Groot? Well, was I feel that... like Groot is just a, he has no, he's, he's like, a, he's a treat. He's, he's perfect just because he's like, literally, he doesn't, he can't do anything wrong. He's just a stupid tree. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. Like, <laughs> not, it's like, he's not stupid, it's but... like the nature, like putting the hammer resting up against a tree. I don't think there's anything special. I think it was just, <laughs> Groot, oh, no. in essence is a Stormbra- tree. Anyone can pick up Stormbreaker. Right. Oh, you're it, right. You don't. Anyone need can to pick be, up Stormbreaker. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't it's have more, the same it's thing. It's near. It's the only one that you have to be worthy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. So yeah, it, it doesn't really matter. He just picked up the hammer. He just picked up the axe. Yeah, because yeah. uh, Molnir had Odin at Odin's not curse, but his thing to it. Thing, yeah, because yeah. it used to be anyone could wield it. Yeah, and, and then Odin added. And that if you are worthy, you worthy. get you get the power of Thor, which is. Which is interesting because I've heard a lot of people talk like bad about Endgame, like how Captain America he he like held Mjolnir and then he was like summoning thunder from the sky or lightning. From oh, the that sky. was part of Odin's. But yeah, he got the power of Thor. Whatever yeah. 
Thor's power where it was at the time. There was like two Thors. The power on, of Thor. There was two Thors on that battlefield. Was yeah. Captain America and then Thor himself. Oh, that's interesting. And at that point, I think Cap was stronger. Although his couple seconds that he had wielding Mjolnir, I thought were so epic. Like, yeah. I think he 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 studied out how Thor fought. <clears throat> like he definitely knew how Thor fought, and he was able to do some sick moves. How he combined the shield with Mjolnir. Yeah. yeah. Like how he knew that when the shield hits it, it creates a big bang. Cause in, in, in the first Avengers, Thor's like coming at him and he's like, you don't want it. And then like did it. And like, there was a huge like sonic, sonic eruption yeah, yeah, yeah. and how he used that in a small detail to kind of shell shock Thanos where he threw it mm-hmm. through the hammer doing and then Thanos fell to the ground and he comes up and just starts beating the crap out of him, which is funny because for the whole fight before that, Cap couldn't do anything. You literally saw him just getting thrown around and then he just coming back up, which I love. But, like, you could really see that Cap wasn't able to do anything. And then he gets Mjolnir and just beats the snot out of him, which I thought was awesome. And then he gets to beat the snot out of him. But yeah. anyway, mm-hmm. when we get to Endgame, oh, favorite movie. <laughs> it's favorite movie. By the time we get to Endgame, we'll already have talked about every single moment <laughs> in Endgame. Know, right? But then we can put him into one movie. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, so Captain Marvel in Endgame got to destroy a huge ship. That was her only part. Yeah. Okay. She just went through. When Thanos tried to hit her, it just like bounced off her head. Just yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. I think it was interesting. She, now this is kind of intriguing. So she has the kind of the power of the te- of, a, of a stone in a way. Because the stone had this eruption thing and she absorbed that power, right? Well, it actually wasn't the stone that blasted. It was the power from this. It was the engine that blasted that gave her the the power. Yeah. So, like, I mean, yeah. It was the engine that was powered by the stone blasted. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's like secondhand smoke. She got secondhand power from the Tesseract. Yeah. Now, I think is interesting is that secondhand power from the Tesseract, I think, is more powerful than Vision's power with a full stone. You think so? I do think so. I think Captain Marvel was more powerful than Vision. I think Vision is just better at holding back. Okay, that's true. Now, Vision is more of a... I mean, Vision did hold Molnir. He was the first one that wasn't Thor to hold Molnir. Yeah. But was that because he was a robot? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, wait, when? Maybe. He did, and he did, like, the second he was created. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he was, like, pure, basically. He right? was pure. And that was like their thing about do we trust him? Then he's like, we have to go. Any hands in the hammer? And everyone's and just like, looking at him. Oh, we he's like, him. all right. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> but could Ultron have picked it up? Because Ultron was just machinery. That's true. Oh, but but Captain America or Iron Man's machinery couldn't pick it up. Mm-mm. So yeah. they, he actually was worthy. Yeah, I think um, Vision was worthy at that mm-hmm. time. But I do think Captain Marvel is more powerful than Vision with her stone. And I don't know. Part of it, I think. But, I mean, they wore different stones. Like, what the heck does that soul stone do? Well, that's what I was going to say. Well, I think part of the reason it was the soul stone is because he was able to act like a human being. He was in computer. I mean, their their, their AI was really good. Don't get me wrong. But I think that was part of the thing of the Mind Stone was to give him even more human capabilities. Yeah. Or emotions. And he was able to grow. He got a soul. Because mm-hmm. Jarvis never grew, if yeah. you think about it. Jarvis was already super, super smart. And then throughout the three Iron Mans, he kind of was just Jarvis. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but Vision was growing. Did you know Jarvis was a... Jarvis in the comic was like um, 
Oh shoot! What's what's Batman's butler's name? Alfred. Alfred. Yeah. He's like he was like Alfred. He was a butler. To yeah. Iron Man. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a computer program. Okay. He was an you, actual butler. So if you watch Agent Carter, oh my goodness, you guys haven't seen Agent Carter. No, but okay. I know what you're talking about. I want to spoil something. So they do have Jarvis. Jarvis is Howard Stark's butler. Um, and they put him in Endgame when he went to go say Howard. And he's like, do you know that guy? And he goes, so I have no idea who that is. They got the actor from Agent Carter to come back for that one moment. Um, mm. Because she works a lot. Howard makes it where Jarvis works with Agent Carter and helps her out. Um, and so he's one of the focal characters in the TV series. But like you said, I mean, Jarvis, did he just name his computer he, program after the butler? Yep. That's yeah. what Tony did. Tony named his program after the... Butler. It's also an acronym, isn't it? Like who, just who a rather. Oh, what is it? It's an acronym for something. Yeah, but it probably. It just like lined up really well. Yeah, I think probably knowing Tony Stark because he was like, I'm going to call it Jarvis, and then thought, well, what is an acronym that I can also come up with, Jarvis? Right. <laughs> who uh, like barf? <laughs> who replaced Jarvis? Like Friday? Was it Friday? Friday. Friday. Mm-hmm. Now they had the same voice for Paul Bettany. Tell me why he couldn't just. I mean, it was a, he was a computer program. Why couldn't he just use a code and still use Jarvis, even though Jarvis turned into Vision? Um, I think also Friday, it was when it showed it, I think Friday was also an update he has been working uh, on. So it's even better. So it's even better, I think. I think mm-hmm. that was what... Because he pulled out this chip of Friday. And so I think... Um, I bet they could have you know worked something out with him being a computer. But I think also is Friday was also probably an update that Tony was working on. Cause that's something I love about Tony's movies. <clears throat> Iron Man's is everything's upgraded in every movie, his suits in the movie prior, something happens with a suit. And in the next movie, it has a defense mechanism against what happened in the prior movie. And once we get into the Iron Man's, I'll, you know, we can go into more detail about what they are, but I think it's a like a very cool thing that they did. If so, so if captain, Marvel got her power from the space stone. Why doesn't she have more space related powers? It's, I feel like they treat the space and the power stone. Like they're the same thing. Like the space stone should be more about teleporting, teleporting and like moving through space and not, not time. Cause that's a time, yeah. zone, but like moving through space, creating matter. That's what the space stone should be. Not just power. Well, Part of that, I wonder, is the difference between the Space Stone and then the Tesseract. Now, I think the Tesseract kind of harnesses the power a little more. Because let's remember, all these stones are super, super powerful. They're just energy sources as well. Exactly. And all the rest of the stones don't kind of have a capsule to contain it and help control its power. The Tesseract is one of the only few that does. Loki is another one. Loki's Is it the Mind Stone that's in Loki's staff? Yes. The Mind Stone as well um, has a way Wait, for the, it to harness its energy um, into using it. Vision has the Soul power. Stone, not the Mind Stone? He so, has the Mind Stone. Yeah. He do, he has the Mind Stone. Yep, I, for, I was saying he had the Soul Stone. So he oh, yeah, had no, Soul Stone Loki's was on the planet. Yeah, yeah that one lost was. too many great characters in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where, where, we lost, where we last the Widow. Uh, that was a heartbreaking scene. Um, but, you know, I'm glad it was her and not... Hawkeye though because I feel like it made it more emotional oh, no, because I wouldn't I, have cared if Hawkeye died I'm like okay sick <laughs> I cared more about uh, Black Widow I thought Widow. it was perfect for Black Widow's character development as well mm-hmm. um, 
Because Hawkeye, Hawkeye wasn't ready to do that. Like he, I don't think he in was. In Endgame, yeah. he just went like was a vigilante and just shooting guys in China or something. Now, like, wait till you watch the Hawkeye series. Yeah, I need oh, to watch it. It's so good. Hawkeye is one of my favorite characters. I <laughs> love Hawkeye. Well, I'll, I'll find that out. But yeah. Was it? You'll but, see. You'll like it. You'll like Kate Bishop and Yolanda as well. But at the time the end game came out, they didn't have the show. No, yeah, yeah. Right. No, so 100%. he wasn't ready to die at that point. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't developed enough. I agree. People wouldn't have been people would have been unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they address a lot of that in Hawkeye, his extremely dark past of what he did during the blip. Is a big It would have been like what they did with Hulk if they would have killed off Hawkeye. Yeah. Hulk. They ruined Hulk. We're supposed to be talking about Captain Marvel, but I want to talk about this. <laughs> you can kind of tell that Captain Marvel is in a lot of our favorite movies, which is why we're branching off into <laughs> yeah. a lot of different Captain topics. Marvel is well, just like, a segue to other movies. It's true. Like, but there's like, so many different things. And that's Hulk, actually, I think, part of the purpose of Captain Marvel mm-hmm. was a segue into a lot of movies and connect a lot of movies. And They so. set up Hulk so beautifully and then didn't pay it off in Endgame. They set up a relationship between Hulk... And Black Widow. You have to go? Yes. Okay, let's end it then. Do we just end it? Okay, I mean, we'll we haven't got thing. to the end of Captain... Uh, we haven't got to the end of Captain Marvel, but I'll finish my Hulk thing okay. and then we'll end it because Carter has to go pick up a car that he bought. Mm-hmm. So Hulk, he had a relationship with um, Black Widow. Or they set up like a little bit of a romantic thing between them. And... And also Hulk got beat up by Thanos. Yeah. That's like the first person who's ever overpowered him mm-hmm. in strength. Um, so there's a, a second reason they could have made him better. And, and then they had him like snap because he thought, anyway, they ruined him because they, what they could have had him do. How was there not a scene of him freaking out on Thanos beating him up because he, because one, because he cares about Black Widow, who's dead, and two, just because he was getting his revenge for when Thanos beat him up. They could have made it way cooler than they did. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it was that addition of Professor Hulk. The climax of all the stuff they build up with Black Widow was him like just throwing a bench. Yeah, that was the climax of his anger. Yeah, he's Hulk. Anger is his thing. Anger is his thing. He should have used anger. So unfortunately, Carter has to go. So this is we're gonna have to end this episode. But Captain Marvel, my least favorite, but you guys like. <laughs> we're a little off movie. topic on this one, but I can promise we will not be on, on Iron, Iron Man. Man we will not be nope. off topic. That will it's be. It's gonna be so good. <laughs> Once we hit into these next movies, where where stuff happens, they're just amazing, and they're not segue movies. This one's a little, you know, out of place, but yes. Yep. Join us next week. Join us next week for Iron Man. Goodbye.